Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. This episode is a dear episode to my heart. I would like to dedicate this episode to my grandparents. And ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this important topic. I'm going to cut to a message from our sponsor so we can get right into the episode. Please enjoy it, and I'll catch you on the other side. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober's Dope Podcast with your host, Pop Buchanan. Today's episode is about anger and our relationship with anger. And my intention for doing this episode is to help us put anger in its perspective. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when we're in recovery, we get really pissed off really quickly And we can't go to the same coping mechanisms we used to go to, such as our addictions. So we have to find really creative ways to control our anger and our frustration. And just overall, as human beings, you know, in today's society, it's so easy to get angry, whether it's a political, politically motivated, whether it's spiritual, whether it's financial, relational um anger you know is easy to get pissed off all right um so i just wanted to really cover this episode because i noticed that lately um i i've been more sensitive in my recovery than more more now than ever and i know you guys could relate if you're in um active recovery i know you you feel things easier like, you know, you get more emotional, you're more um, aware of your surroundings, how people speak to you, you're more aware of your problems, there's less downtime, there's no real way to numb away your issues. So pent up frustrations lead, can lead to really damaging stress and anxiety. And I think anger is the precursor for a lot of our mental health, mental health issues and um, just personal coping issues. So for me, I just definitely, um, sometimes I just, life gets us all in a space where we just want to crawl under a rock. We just want to, you know, turn, uh, turn, have, um, press the turn off button and just call it quit, shut down, you know. We have these high-powered computers called the brain, but we don't really have a shut-off switch outside of sleep and meditation. And still, our subconscious brain could, you know, ruminate while we're sleeping on something that really triggered an an angry episode. So, I just thought it was important to cover this. Um, We need to have this in the back of our minds that we can't let our anger run us. One of my favorite quotes um, by Confucius um, is, he who angers you conquers you. And um, I think what that really means to me over the years, it was just, oh, that sounds good. Very poetic, deep, right? But as I grow within my adulthood, what that means is that if someone angers you, And if that anger leads you to shut down and to stress yourself out, then you lose the battle. Because getting yourself flustered, you know, raising your blood pressure, 
putting yourself at risk for some form of heart condition and just getting angry to the point to where it's detrimental to yourself is unnecessary. And that's how someone conquers you. I think when we're angry, we're faced with a problem, whether it's a person, place, a thing, or idea, a situation, that problem needs to be dealt with. And I think that when we see anger, it's very important to start becoming solution-based opposed to problem-based and to kind of look to more of a victor, victorious mindset over victim mindset because we have to be proactive in our recovery and we have to put things like anger and our emotions in perspective and we have to have our emotions under some reasonable control. So we're human, you know, we're going to fly off the handle, we're going to get pissed off, we're going to get angry, going to want to punch things and kick and scream. Life is going to take you there. It's guaranteed life is going to try you and take you there. Um, but it's very important that we put a handle on it. So some physical symptoms of anger related problems, right? Tingling. You know, you start feeling your hands tingling and your body tingling. That's a physical sign that you're dealing with anger. Heart palpitations and tightening of the chest. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you get shortness of breath. Your heart starts to palpitate. You get really irritable. That means that the anger is really starting to really take control of you. Um, Increased blood pressure. So, headaches, pressure in the head or sinus cavities, and fatigue. Really having problems sleeping, kind of ruminating on the problem while you're sleeping. You're, you know, um, it's kind of like if someone steals something from you, you know, you may want to be the bigger person and say, I forgive them and it's okay, especially if it's something significant. For example, if a friend stole from you, for example. And now you're in a lot of trouble, right? You can't pay bills, you're in debt, you're angry. This is the type of things that could take us to a really extreme place. I'm giving you an extreme example because life will throw extreme situations at us and we have to be prepared. A situation like this will disrupt your sleep. You'll be angry. No matter how forgiving you are, you'll want to hurt someone and you'll be thinking about ways to get revenge and you'll be thinking about ways of not getting revenge and you'll be pissed and you'll be sad and you'll be upset (sighs) and it'll take a lot out of you. So in these situations, ladies and gentlemen, it's very important that we put anger in its respective place and have techniques to put it under control. Um, But it's not always just peaches and cream, you know, so we have to be very vigilant and courageous because we're going to be put in situations where it's not going to be as easy and it's not going to be simple. But you always have to remember, you, you, you win when you're calm, when you're collective, when you're not reacting, okay, from an emotional position, okay? It's 
No move is sometimes the best move because when you react to something out of emotions, you make bad decisions, especially in business, especially in war. So it's always good to be calm and try to bring your emotions back into perspective because guess what? There's two things that's going to happen. Your anger is going to make you do something stupid. It's going to stretch you out. You're going to get you're not going to be able to think straight. You're going to go into a fight of a fight of flight response. And most likely you're going to want to fight. So you're not going to be thinking clearly. And you're eventually going to get yourself in some type of trouble. Or your health is going to take a hit. And stress is a killer. And anger is one of the number one drivers of stress. So you see what I'm saying? The goal is no matter the situation. If it's simple or if it's extreme. We have to find a way to dial it back. Um... Is there a medical disorder to anger? Intermittent explosive disorder is an impulse control disorder categorized by sudden episodes of unwarranted anger. The disorder is typified by hostility, impulsivity, um, and recurrent aggressive outbursts. People with IED may threaten or actually attack objects, animals, and other humans. So luckily, the average person doesn't have this type of issue. This is more of a mental health um, behavioral issue, so thank God. But if anger goes unchecked, remember stress and life events could trigger some form of mental health component through our brain's ability to change after a life event through neuroplasticity, right? So we have to keep in mind that we could go from a really normal person to a person that's very aggressive um, and angry and violent because we have so much pent-up hostility. Um... How do we cure anger issues is a good question. So this episode is intended to give us some insight. Start by considering these 10 anger management tips. Think before you speak. That's very important. Once you're calm, express your anger. Get some exercise because exercise is very important because exercise releases cortisol. So your body can have built up and pent up cortisol and backed up cortisol and adrenaline and when you exercise it's a stress reducing thing and it can help you reduce cortisol levels take a time out we talk about this with mindfulness meditation and general meditation just taking the time out removing yourself from the situation again sometimes no move is the best move sometimes no answer is the best answer sometimes just shutting up and shutting down for a moment is is good for your health it allows you to think clearly I started doing this lately and it's been very it's a natural response like something to get me really angry and I'll get really quiet so I want to say something very disrespectful and I want to really turn it up on them but then I just get really quiet and I go you know what let me shut up and walk away and this is a big thing for me because I definitely wasn't always the one to shut up and walk away especially when I was active in my addiction I will you know I will find anything to just explode on so my thing now is just you don't have nothing good to say you're not sure how you're gonna react just be quiet and I'll give you guys some insight on this uh, a few months back, I got into a fight with a really good friend of mine, and I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it was this point in the fight where it was like, 
if I just stop now, it'll just be like we both just had a bad day and it'll be all good. But if I keep going, it's going to lead to something crazy. And I said one more thing out of anger. That person said another thing. Then we started saying things to each other that was extremely out of character and hurtful to one another. Hurtful things, right? And I knew I hurt their feeling. They hurt my feeling. And um, when I just... They left. They said, I'm going to have a cigarette. I don't want to deal with this. And I was like, whatever. And, I'm, and, I, and I walked away. And I felt really bad because I said to myself, if you just handle this in a calm way and if you stopped talking while you was ahead, you guys would just be watching TV and chilling. But you took it to a place where it started getting nasty and then it became hurtful. And it wasn't just my fault. It was both of us. We both, like, I think they, I, I initiated the situation, which I knew if I initiate the situation, it could be problematic. Because it was surrounding someone who was fight dealing with their addiction. So I kind of knew they was already a little bit tipsy and anything could push them off the deep end. And I was making a simple suggestion. They jumped, I jumped, they jumped, I jumped. And then it led to more of a really problematic thing. And my intention was to help and it just didn't work. In retrospect, I should have just took a moment, gave them the benefit of the doubt and stepped off. But because I didn't, it led to a bigger problematic escalation. And then I just, I was just sitting there with myself and my own thoughts. And I was saying, oh man, I was just chilling. They were just chilling. Why did I say anything? When it started to get a little crazy, why wasn't I been the bigger person to shut up and walk away, right? This was, a, I don't even remember. It was a while back, a few months ago. But then, and then, and then, and then, right after we both took that breather, I just said, "I'm not saying nothing else. I'm just talk- that's I think when I started to learn that shutting down and being quiet is very important. So I just shut down, and then eventually they came and said, "I don't want to fight." I said, "I don't want to fight." We hugged each other. We made up, and I was like, "Let's not do that no more, man." From now on, if we're not seeing eye to eye, let's just hug it out or just let's ne- never be nasty. Never let your emotions take you to a place where you say something you just don't mean. And I think that's a human instinct. We all do it in a nasty argument. The higher our stress levels get, the more we start to say things that we... It may be aspects of how we feel because we're hurt, but we say it in a vindictive, malicious, hurtful way to the person to hurt their feelings. Because hurt people want to hurt people because we want the other person to feel our perspective and where we're coming from from our pain position but it's very important to be a bigger person especially when you're dealing with family especially in your relationship most importantly in our relationships we have to remember to exercise radical patience and forgiveness because we're not bonded by love shouldn't control to the point to where we have to you know kind of put our will on top of another person or push another person or force another person to acquiesce to our reasoning, our position, and just it just never works. A person is not supposed to love you and worship you and be obedient 
We're not kings. It's not a feudal society, and it's not. It's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be non-judgmental, free love. Therefore, it shouldn't lead to nasty arguments and hurtful things because, you, like Will Smith said, you can't look to another person for your to be responsible for making you happy. That's your intrinsic responsibility. So if you're responsible for your own happiness, then that means you're able to control your levels of anger. And when we learn this particular skill, we will become better lovers, better fathers, mothers, better brothers and sisters, better business people, better spiritual people, better humans, better adults. And we can control our anger and our emotions. And a lot of this is from having compassion. You know, mirroring another person. Like, seeing yourself in that person through your reflection. Saying, this person is another me. My little brother, um, Shalom Melchizedek, uses this beautiful term. It's, I don't know if it's Tibetan. I know it's an ancient Tibetan term or something like that. But it's called Enlakesh. Enlakesh. So what he'll say to me when he sees me, he'll go in Lakesh and I'll go in Lakesh and he goes, what's up, king? And I go, what's up, king? And what in Lakesh means is so beautiful. It means I am another you. I am you. I am another version of you. I am you. I'm another you. Meaning that all the love I have for myself, I have for you. I respect you. We're one and the same. There's no distinction. We're brother. We're one. We're we're one. We're one thing. And I think when we approach life with that and we approach humanity with that ideology and that and that beautiful statement of unity and freedom, I am another you, then we become less judgmental and we we start to look at people as reflections of ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we have compassion and mercy. So ladies and gentlemen, anger is a real deep issue, and I think it comes from a place of, um, I think it comes from just part, it's a part of our learning curve as humans. But there has to come to a point where if we seek enlightenment or to be higher vibrational or better versions of ourselves. We have to be able to take the nasty, strong emotions of anger and frustration and resentment and all the things that come with it, fear, envy, jealousy, malice, and all of those things, they're all dark. I just see red when I think of that. It's all like low vibrational, dark kind of like emotions. I think that's part of our lower animal more animal instinct and I think because we're spiritual beings and intelligent beings and sentient beings we're able to transcend these emotions into a higher vibration of being and that will make us more I would say enlightened and illumined and just overall happy when we could take our anger and say no not today let me just write down some ideas on how I could take this problem and fix it let me see if I'm the root of the let me see if I'm complicit in this situation. If I'm angry, did I do anything in this situation? You know, am I really angry at myself? You know, how can I disfuse this and how I could bring it from a thousand to a one? So, ladies and gentlemen, again, I love you all. I don't I'm not gonna apologize for being long-winded in subjects like this because 
You know, I think I see it every day, man. I see people crying. I see people hurt. I see people pissed. I see people, if they lose a family member, they're angry at the world. I see someone who's maybe going through divorce and they just feel like life cheated them. I see someone who may have lost a, a, a fortune, someone who may have been robbed, someone who have, may have been a victim of something, and they're so angry and it starts to show. The anger starts to wear on us, um, and it makes us um, lower versions of what we're supposed to be. And it puts our life expectancy um, at a critical point to where we could be taking necessary years off our life because we're harboring these negative emotions. And one thing with recovery that's extremely important is our ability to release and let these negative emotions go. Let these things get out of our body because they somehow get stuck there. I'm going to do another episode on resentment and life later because in my own life, I've seen two older people that I look up to. In their resentments, they died in their own resentments to the final day. And they live literally three blocks apart. And these people just never used that sacred word forgiveness. And they held on to the anger and resentment. And in that anger and resentment was so much love that you could feel it. And one, and they, they, they grew old in their separation. And they only lived a few blocks apart in this beautiful neighborhood. And when the one of them died, the next one died a few days after them. Because they was truly in love. And because they were not able to let go of the anger and resentment. Um, it just was a tragedy. And I think that... One, they were relieved when one died, the other one was relieved in a good way. Like, I'm ready to leave too. So, they both left this life without saying what they wanted to say to each other. And it's one of the saddest things ever. But I think that they were able in another life. Maybe I believe in heaven and I believe in beautiful places. And I think that they were able to fix what they couldn't fix on earth. Maybe God was able to fix their hearts. Because love is this precious thing. And we don't want to grow old and be a phone call away from our freedom and letting anger or take us to our early grave because the heart is that powerful and love is that powerful and forgiveness is even more powerful. So ladies and gentlemen, we have to take the negatives and transform them into a positives. We have to use positive prayer and affirmations and we have to recognize and we have to say it out loud that we must take the negative emotions and reverse them and turn them into positive things. This is transformative spiritual alchemy. How do we transform a negative, base, carnal, animalistic instinct into a spiritual, enlightened, free instinct? So this is really deep to me because I never want to leave this planet without with any tensions. I think when we talk about the 12 steps and we say making amends, is a real powerful thing because in our addiction, we tend to hold on to the anger. 
You know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? We hold on to that toxic anger and then that fuels our drinking, whether it's from a breakup or some apparent, someone that got under our skin and hurt us deeply. And we use and we use and we, we hold on to that anger that one day it just takes us all the way to rock bottom. And then we have to turn around and take accountability and ask for forgiveness and let things go. So before we get there in our recovery, it's important to put this in perspective. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut to a really beautiful meditation from Dr. Tracy Marks, which is one of our um, unofficial resident psychologists who I use a lot of her um, information um, because she's just so beautiful and clear in her approach to psychology and mental health. She's going to um, guide us on a, men- a, a, a affirmative meditation um, in which we let go of this anger, okay? So if you're a person that's struggling with letting go, this episode is for you. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your patience. I love you. Enjoy this beautiful meditation and I'll catch you on the other side. Hi, I'm Dr. Tracy Marks, a psychiatrist, and this is an affirming meditation to help you process and release your anger. The idea behind this meditation is that what you think affects how you view the world and how you respond to it. This meditation is to guide you in replacing the negative thoughts in your head with positive ones. The way to do this is to just listen to my voice and imagine that These are things that you are saying to yourself. At the end of the meditation, I will have some questions for you to reflect on. Let's begin. I let go of my anger so that I can see clearly. Anger is a prison and I choose to be free. Letting go of my anger clears my mind and allows me to make wise decisions. Anger is a disruptive force and I choose to release it. Making smart decisions allows me to have a peaceful life. It's easier to make good decisions when my mind is free of negative emotions. The best way to accomplish this is to let go of those emotions. I take a slow, deep breath to empty my mind. In this mental state, my thought process is clear and sharp. I find it easy to clear my mind, and it gets easier each day. My mind is like a tranquil pond, and I'm totally calm and at peace. I strive for peace in my life and in my mind. Everything in life is easier when I choose to let go of my anger. Peaceful thoughts result in a peaceful mind. I treat everyone better when my mind is clear. My family is happier when I choose to release all of my negative thoughts and feelings. This is a gift I give to those I love. Today, I let go of my anger so that I can see clearly. I am able to make wise decisions unclouded by negative emotions. I feel relaxed 
and in control of my life. Questions for self-reflection. How good are you at getting past your angry feelings and thoughts? What positive changes have you seen when you let go of your anger? What would change in your life if you could be free of negative emotions? This is your affirming meditation.